The following is a hoop ball presentation. Ah, yes. Hello, everyone. It is the box score breakdown. Don't touch your dial. I know it sounds a little bit weird. And Aussie uh, hosting this show. Well, you're part time host. Hello, I'm Scotty. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Harlander23. Uh, and with me, the regular host, well, most of the time host, will share the duties every now and then. He is, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Uh, Mr. Jolly. Hello, mate. Mate, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Mate, I'm doing better now that I've heard your dulcet tones. That was gorgeous. Yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Um, now, look, uh, first of all, I guess the first thing we need to say is who are you? Who's Mr. Jolly of Sydney? Well, for a start, I'm Mr. Jolly, which is Aaron Jolly, two A's and Ron and Jolly as in happy. What else could you be with a name like that, really? <laughs> Not my choice. <laughs> Most people call me Mr. Jolly or uh, or Jay something, Jay Meister, Jolly, Jolly good fellow, whatever you like. Um Yes, um, also related to Angelina Jolly. She's got the French um, derivation of the name, of course. Uh, she always was a little bit special, our Angelina. But uh, shout out to you. Thanks for the loan, darling. This would not be possible without your support. Uh, but uh, seriously, I'm, um, I work at Sydney Uni. I'm a kids' book author and a teacher, and I'm a founder of the Cheese Room podcast, which is a Tottenham Hotspur podcast, one of the top Tottenham Potska, uh, Hotspur podcasts in the world. That's tough to say after... Uh, smoke damage to my house yesterday <laughs> but anyway that's me, yeah mate I'm, I'm i'm a teacher i'm a media guy i'm a writer i love fantasy i've been playing fantasy for a few years badly until the last sort of 12 or 18 months when i started really networking with people who know a thing or two about fantasy like you thanks mate i appreciate it look i've been playing fantasy for probably the best part of 15, 20 years now. Uh, NBA was actually the first fantasy I ever played. Um, sort of drifted in and out, but become, you know, big-time commissioner of uh, quite a number of leagues, especially in the NFL. But, uh, look, I'm excited to uh, do this box score breakdown uh, stuff. So what what are we doing here, Jolly? What are we doing here? Well, I think before we start, we've got to acknowledge that we're standing on the shoulders of giants here, mate, because... Uh, there's the Hootball crew. There's Dan Bespris from Fantasy NBA Today. The brew man himself, Aaron Brewski, the godfather. He's a fellow who should be an honorary Australian, I reckon, because he's got the word brew in his name. Absolutely. And uh, you know Australians love uh, love a brew. Yeah, so um, shout out to all of those people and a shout out to all the people who've steered this gorgeous box score breakdown vessel right into Sydney Harbour for us too. Actually, that was the right music as the, as the, the vessel comes into Sydney Harbour with the music. It was <laughs> watching watching the sunset and um and talking about fantasy. Yeah, so that's the sort of background. Shout out to all those people. Um, and we're taking over box score breakdown. We'll be looking at the box scores for the day or the previous day, depending on what time we record, and bringing on experts who really know a thing or two about fantasy. Because to be honest, it's not long ago I was a blooming idiot when it comes to fantasy, but I've um. I've really just levered up from uh, networking and asking people who know their stuff, listening to pods, or as my friend John likes to say, pounding the podcasts. Absolutely. Look, and not just pounding the podcasts, you get in and do your research like no one I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate. Well, I, my, my goal is always to try and beat my mentor in 75% of the leagues I play. Am I doing all right in the NFL with you? 
Mate, you're absolutely destroying me, so you're doing pretty well. Um, so, look, let's get stuck into it. Um, let's talk about some narratives for this season. I mean, I think um, probably the first and foremost, and I don't know who wrote it, uh, but the Athletic had a thing where coronavirus is a lot worse now than when they paused the season for, for last season. Um that really concerns me what may or may not happen moving forward with uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus uh, moving forward for this NBA season. Yeah, well, we have a bit of experience with this, don't we, now in the fantasy world, and you and me particularly as well, because we've gone through MLB where we played in probably, what, about 15, 16 leagues together and commissioned leagues and stuff, and now we've done the same with NFL where we've commissioned a crap ton of leagues and we've... um, We've played and, and, and won leagues and stuff there dealing with coronavirus. I mean, if it was the MLB and you had Miami early in the season, God, you know, if you had three or four guys from their team in your roster of 20 or 26, the big the big baseball rosters, you might have been in a bit of strife. And then, of course, there were a few teams that were way behind and playing catch-ups. And so there was definitely things to do with schedules changing, with games being postponed. With the NFL, it's been more like, with the exception probably of the Ravens, they're the one that come to mind. It's mostly been individuals or a couple of players here and there. But it's definitely been something that has to be factored in. And if you think about it with basketball, the value of your sort of first and second round guys being so high, if you have a Harden and your number two guy go out, go down with COVID for two or three weeks, that's certainly going to be something that's going to affect, you know, particularly in head-to-head where you you might need to win a, a a matchup to make the final, the playoffs, and then you lose your top guys for a couple of weeks. So it's definitely something to watch. And I, I read today something about how they're talking about expanding the roster size and stuff like that too. So my take on this is that some of your, your mid to late round picks are possibly going to have more value than they would have normally because those guys um, are, might end up being your best players sometimes if you lose some of those top guys. Although I did see LeBron with look, look at something he was wearing a gas mask when he was warming up for yesterday. So you can see some of the guys. Lou Williams came up to him, and you could see LeBron going, There's a guy, he's come straight from the chicken wings in the club. And LeBron, <laughs> put his gas, he's got his gas mask on. <laughs> Lou Williams comes up, dapping him up, you know, like breathing on him. He's got no mask. LeBron's there with his gas mask, keeping his distance, sort of dapping him up, <laughs> <laughs> turning his face as he talked to him. So, yeah, you would hope that the top guys are going to be cautious, but it's definitely something we're going to have to watch. And look, I think, uh, you know, for commissioners, I really think, especially with your home leagues, um, that you, you know, consider expanding the IR slots, um, allowing guys who get COVID into those IR spots, um, you know, redraft leagues, maybe, you know, especially um, because those guys are only out for a couple of weeks, but, you know, as is what is typically normal in uh, fantasy NBA, the benches are not quite as as large as, say, NFL or, or the MLB. So to, to give people those ability to not have to drop those major stars uh, certainly does a good thing. And also, I guess, knowing who to stash. If uh, Kyrie goes down for Brooklyn, uh, Let's let a, a little teaser out. One of your very good stashes, who you like to stash quite often in, in drafts, would be worth a pick up a little bit later in rounds. Uh, yeah. So at the moment, well, look, if you want to go for box score breakdown related, and by the way, shout out to Pedro Dereste, who's going to be on with me in the second half of the show, and we'll be looking at 
a lot of this stuff in more detail, box from yesterday and box from today too, because when I record with him, it's uh, games are about to start in an hour and a half. I'll be recording with him right after the last game. I think it's Phoenix and Utah finishes. So we'll look at more of these things in detail. But look, from yesterday, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. Like John Wall someone I think I've got him in a couple of leagues already. I've got one DeMarcus Cousins and I think I got Cousins around 95. I got John Wall at pick 75, something like that. I mean, they're the big name sort of like big narrative guys for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, look, I have, I just... Sorry, I have, I have some more kind of like hipster, trendy, kind of like, you know, beard um, stroking kind of stuff for you too, like your Derek Whites or, um, you know, uh, those kind of types as well. We can talk about them later. Oh, look, I've got a, I've got a decent, uh, decent beard to stroke. So anytime you, uh, you want to throw any of those nuggets out, let me know. I'll, uh, that's what we should, that's what we should, that's what we should call them. The beard, the beard strokers. The beard strokers, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, look, I'll just pause the show for an announcement for a second, and it's a pretty fun one. It's free stuff, and everybody loves free stuff. And what is the free stuff? It's the bruise letter is back. Oh, yes, it's back and fresh for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, you know, that honorary Aussie, he's writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else too. It's not on the website. It's not on any of these podcasts. Even though he might pop into this podcast, he'll never uh, share those with us, let me tell you. It's not on social media either. It's only in the email newsletter, and you can sign up to get it for free just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds again the site is bit.ly b-i-t-l-y slash bruise letter 2021 aaron brewski straight to your inbox now uh now that we've gotten some of that stuff out of the way what else are we going to look at uh, for some narratives coming up this year, uh, Aaron, I think uh, one of the teams that played yesterday certainly had one uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, I think Atlanta is a lot of people's favourite. Shout out to my mate John Steele, the professor himself from South Korea, who uh, um, is telling me that Atlanta is the most expensive team to buy in this 30-team league thing you buy where you have to bid and auction to get the team that you want for a few years. And everyone wants Atlanta because they've got the most fantasy value combined if you look at all the players. And if later, I mean, in a dynasty, they go to other places, you've got big value there. And I think the inverse of that is how are they all going to work this season? And, you know, we saw yesterday uh, that DeAndre Hunter actually started. um, Yeah, You know, so there there was a bit of a turn up for the books. Um, so that's one of the narratives to look at. By the way, when we talk about Hunter, if you look at his, it's a bit of an empty stat profile yesterday. and was points, a couple of boards. There's no assists. It was actually Cam Reddish coming off the bench that got me very, very excited, lifting the table up with no hands because um, he is somebody that I've targeted very late in drafts. I just picked him up in the very last round um, of a cash league. Uh, a lot of people are sleeping on him and thinking that he was not going to get minutes, but uh, – he looked pretty good yesterday and he fills up uh, multiple box score categories and he's somebody that I like towards the end of drafts. Absolutely. So uh, what about just a quick snapshot of what are some of the other narratives we're going to be looking at this season? Yeah, well, I think James, obviously James Harden and Houston. Where If Harden goes somewhere, what's going to happen in Houston? All of that's related and it affects both Houston and the other team, you know, what happens, we saw yesterday with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, which is one of my favourite narratives as well, 
um, what happens when Harden comes in and plays for them? And also, are they going to be really good? Probably only the three of them end up having value in Houston um, for fantasy if they and, – and, of course, Christian Wood. What am I talking about? So you've got Christian Wood, Harden, Cousins, John Wall, all of those guys potentially. You've got like a first round, a third or a fourth round, a sixth or a seventh round, and maybe, I don't know, it depends where you want to take DeMarcus Cousins. Is he eighth round, ninth round? Maybe he's going to go earlier. That's very interesting as well. Absolutely. So, look, some other things that we'll go over uh, in this show, coming shows, all that sort of stuff. We'll be looking, you know, at the sleepers, the bus, breakouts, rankings, whole bunch of different stuff. So, look, I'm just about out of here so you can hop on with Pedro. But who's coming on the show uh, with us uh, soon, Mr. Jolly? Uh, very, very soon. We're having the one and the only, the dulcet tones of Brandon Marcus. He will be on with me tomorrow, of course, after Pedro today. And then, um, you know, the, the pod father himself of fantasy basketball, Dan Bespris. Remember, I called him the pod father. Brewski is the godfather. Um, <laughs> the pod father, <laughs> the godfather of Sydney. Uh, he could be godfather to my kid too. Actually, probably my kid does need a godfather because I named him after D'Angelo Russell. His name's D'Angelo. And I'll tell you what, the fella, he, he's, he's, he loves gunning. He doesn't like playing defense much. I'm trying to teach him <laughs> defensive stance. He's only 10 months old. Do you think I'm starting too early? Uh, no, never. <laughs> yeah, he, we'll see how he goes. His middle name is Sonny after Sonning Min, the, uh, the Tottenham player, because he's half Korean. But, yeah, shout out to you, D'Angelo Sonny. One day you'll be taken over in this chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like I just finish off by saying, yeah, we've got like um, over the next month, we've got seven or eight different um, experts from the hoopball team. We've got Adam King um, from Melbourne, I think Melbourne or Sydney, Aussie Aussie fellow editor from hoopball. We've got Santino and Mike, the guys who run the DFS. Um, we've got Alan Shroji. Uh, we've got just yeah, all kinds of experts from hoopball coming on, and we'll also have people that we play in leagues with coming on to join us. Guys who who win a lot of cash leagues, and guys who are just freaks about fantasy who we can all learn from. Absolutely. Look, I look forward to this ride. It's going to be great. Uh, I look forward to listening uh, as you break down some of these box scores over the last uh, day or two. And and I look forward to uh, chatting to you guys soon. So look, I'll hand it over to you, Mr. Jolly. You can take the reins and steer it from here and uh, I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, everyone. And this is where it just starts to get wild, mate. Now that you're out, while, while the cat's away, the rats will play. <laughs> yeah, take it easy, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Good on you, mate. Love you. Take it easy. Hey, listen up, fellas. Today we have a new Manscaped product alert uh, just released. It's called the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Look, I don't know about you, Jolly, but uh, my other half doesn't like it when my nose hairs start to grow and, and mould into my moustache and my big beard. She gets a little bit upset at that. So, uh, look, I've got to take a look in the mirror and you know, clean myself up and what a better way to do it than with the Weed Whacker from Manscaped. No, mate, I couldn't agree more. i tell you what happens to me when I'm out in a restaurant with my wife sometimes, if there are any poking out, she just rips them right out. She just pulls them out with her fingernails. And you, you do not want that kind of caper happening in a restaurant, do you? Um, you keep yourself, Absolutely keep yourself very trim in the, no, in the nasal area. Yeah, exactly. Look, the nose and air and ear hair trimmer. That's a lot to say. Yeah, proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks and snags and tugs to those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses 9,000 RPM motor with a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. 
absolutely great. The nose hair trimmer on the market. It is the only one with a powerful rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Now, look, if you're using it for 90 minutes in one go, You've got some problems, but it just means you don't have to recharge it quite as much. So uh, Manscaped is making your whacking your weeds uh, a time to look forward to and delivering maximum confidence while providing uh, really good hygiene. So 79% of partners, guys, polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com.au. You. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Don't forget, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-20. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Okay, so it's Mr. Jolly here. I have kicked Scott out of the hosting seat and I have taken over driving this vessel through Sydney Harbour. And joining me now, all the way from Chicago, where it's about midnight, uh, skin uh, wound down to the bone after grinding through these box scores, it's the one and the only Pedro Dereste. Pedro, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. How are you doing? Mate, uh, it's been a very rough weekend. I think I mentioned earlier in the show, my house almost burnt down yesterday due to a faulty wiring thing. And um, luckily, we just managed to have not gone out when some smoke came out. So we had the fire brigade around at our house, much to my daughter's <laughs> delight, but not to my wife's. <laughs> well, that sounds a lot more exciting than, you know, five hours of basketball and falling falling asleep. <laughs> My God, we had, we had no power for eight hours, and I was thinking, geez, this this might be cursing me with the box score <laughs> breakdown. And uh, But anyway, we've survived. We've made it through the weekend, and we're here with you to talk about uh, the box scores today, some of your favorite players from last season and what you got right and what you got wrong um, with your stat-based analysis and uh just your basketball acumen that is off the charts. Uh, we should start by saying you're a former hoopball assistant editor. You're a PhD candidate at the University of Chicago. Um, you can find Petro, Pedro at literal underscore R-P-R-S-N-T. Do you want to say that for me? It's literal represent, uh, but uh, I'll change it in the near future so I'm easier to find. But you can just search Pedro, Pedro Doreste, which is my name, and I'll pop up on Twitter. And is anyone, before we get started, you want to give a shout out to anybody? Uh, no, no shout outs. I don't have any friends. We're in a pandemic, Aaron. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're friends, Pedro. I certainly, um, you're right at the top of my charts after the um, debates we've been having as I've been doing uh, drafts over the last uh, you know, couple of weeks, some slow drafts and fast drafts. I am absolutely dominating, I think, in part to the debates we've been happening. I did a draft today and Yahoo says I'm 10 points better than second. Can I trust those Yahoo projections with your help? Uh, probably not. Yahoo currently has uh, basically projected to score seven points a game or something like that. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, uh, don't commit to those projections. So, but- <laughs> so I've won three Draho- Yahoo drafts in a row. Should I be worried? 
<laughs> no, you shouldn't be worried, but you know, you, you shouldn't feel too confident in those Okay, projections. okay, yeah, got it. Well, got I've it. seen your teams, they look pretty good. Well, thank you. You're a kind man. Very kind man. So, Pedro, um, your speciality, I guess, one of the things that you did last year in your appearances on Fantasy NBA Today with the uh, with our podfather, Dan Vesperus, looking at um, breakout players, um, potential breakout players, and when they do break out, whether they're going to stick or not, R-O-S, as we say, rest of season. We're in preseason now, so um, this season, let's start with this season before we look backwards. Who are the players, I think, with boring or toxic stat profiles that people might be sitting back and letting kind of, you know, sit there till very late rounds that you think we can trust potentially this season or we might be able to after we've seen a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these aren't players uh, I'm necessarily targeting, but these are players that you kind of have to go against your instincts to draft because in prior years you'd get like uh i call them unlikely breakouts like ingram was last year like nobody could have predicted that ingram was gonna you know improve his free throw by 20 percent. that just Mm. doesn't happen very often uh same thing happened with kelly Oubre two years uh prior or a year prior where out of nowhere he started racking up defensive stats so it's one of these things where you don't want to sort of dismiss a, a young player too early in their careers and you kind of want to force yourself to draft players that might not necessarily have the most appealing statistical profile, at least on the surface. Uh, of course, Aaron, this doesn't mean go out of your way to draft somebody like Kyle Kuzma, you know? Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I have well, no hope for him. <laughs> well, look, yeah, my name might be Jolly or Mr. Jolly, but uh, people like Kyle Kuzma will help me uh, lose that personality pretty fast. I'll stay well away from Kyle Kuzma. But what about some of these names? So you've got a couple down here. Last season, Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, people avoided Ingram in part because of his kind of reasonably average high-volume foul shooting. Uh, his three-point shooting wasn't that great, but is that an example of things that weren't that great or was a bit boring where he just mashed through that? Oh, he, he was also very reluctant to uh, shoot threes, even though he came mm. out of college with a reputation as a shooter. He just didn't do that in the NBA. And his defensive stats were always, like, very poor. Uh, so he was still being drafted around the hundreds, uh, 110, but I assume those were just, like, uh, Lakers homers, you know? Uh, and then the other one is Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown is the type of guy who really tanked your free throw uh, uh, before last year. So, uh, but uh, it doesn't even have to be toxic players, but also boring players like Bohan Bogdanovic, you know, who could have predicted that he was going to be a 20 point scorer last year uh, before he got hurt. That's exactly what he was doing. So it's uh, like this year you have some of these players too. Uh, can I start talking about them? Yeah, let's, 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 hit, let's hit these quickly. And then for people wondering when the box scores are coming, the box scores are coming. We'll hit these players and then we're going to run through the games from today with Pedro and look at some notable points and he's got some kind of I guess potential MVPs of the day or most interesting we should call them MIPs most interesting box scores of the day yeah so why don't we start with Larry Markkinen yeah uh Larry Markkinen is one that's already disappointed us plenty of times uh he's kind of an exception in this list because you have to draft him basically in the top 85 or 90 or so uh, but I think he's worth a shot just to see if, you know, Billy Donovan changes that offense enough to accommodate his strengths, which aren't many, but he is a good shooter and he can find his own, his own offense mm-hmm. and he can rebound. So he's probably, uh, if you miss out on 
a marquee big man, uh, then you should target Laurie Market and towards pick 80 or so. The next one is a guy that I absolutely love, and he is not going to be a wash. He is PJ Washington. I picked him up at 123 in a recent draft. I was in love with myself after that. Fair enough? Yeah. That's the thing about the, uh, these players is that you don't have to – there's no risk involved because you don't have to pay a high price on draft day to get them. Mm. So you can get P.J. Washington, who right now uh, is basically going to split his minutes between small forward, power forward, and center. He still doesn't have center eligibility on Yahoo or whatever, but he will get that. And the thing is that this um, raises his floor because it means he can rack up stats at three different positions and get minutes at three different positions. Um yeah, so uh, the rest of these guys you can get after a big 100, and that's where the real value is. So if I just read these ones out, we've got Marvin Bagley, Andrew Wiggins, Darius Garland, Nerlens Noel. He's another one I got, Noel. I think I got him second last or third last round today, and gee, I got a big boost up from the Yahoo rankings after that because of like his defensive stats, obviously, and his rebounds and his field goal percentage. Um, mm-hmm. Is his problem, the reason he's on this list, just lack of minutes and not enough volume well those of us who have been playing fantasy basketball long enough have been uh have had our hearts broken by noel in the past like we know what his upside is if he could have turned into a 36 minute per game player he would have been like a first round fantasy player uh but he's not that he's not that guy clearly but if he can get on tom thibodeau's good side play 28 26 minutes a game he might still be a third or fourth rounder. And, uh, you know, with an ADP in the 120s, I think he's definitely worth uh, a, a late round dart throw. I got um, some really good value out of him last season, streaming him for different periods. Like he was a he was a top 50 player, top 50 or 60 player for like a couple of times during the season for about three or four weeks. Like he was really valuable. Yeah, there's no downside there because even in 18 minutes a game, we've seen Nerlens Noel put up top 80 numbers. Mm. So he's always going to be rosterable. Uh, uh, the other guys I'm not really uh, committed to. This is the thing I said, like draft against your instinct. Marvin Bagley is not a great fantasy player, but he is young and he was a, a high lottery pick. Wiggins is the same, although he has a longer track record of disappointing us. And Darius Garland is like a just a he's basically he's a child. It's his second year. Mm. Uh, he hasn't really had a shot to show us what he can do. So there you go, guys. There's a little sample of the kind of tidbits you can get from the experts we're going to have on Box Score Breakdown uh, to help you out with your drafting still at this point and in season, maybe with trades or if you get players off the waiver wire, whether you hang on to them or not. We'll look at value. We'll look at rest of season value at the moment. It's pre-season value. But the reason this pod is called the Box Score Breakdown is because we break down box scores. Let's jump right into that. Uh, Box score notables on today's game. Let's go through them. I was going to do reverse chronological, but I've got to go chronological because we can start with LaMelo Ball. He couldn't hit anything today, but he got 10 boards and four assists and some absolute legendary highlight reel stuff too. It was definitely ball time out there, wasn't it, Pedro? Yeah, he played really well. And the good thing about uh, when he, like, he wasn't hitting his shots, but at least he knew when to stop shooting it and start rebounding and passing. Yeah, well... Um, you'd want to if you're going 0% from the field, I guess. <laughs> he, look, I, I guess, and we this was kind of predicted by a lot of people, you're going to take a hit in percentages with him, aren't you? 
Yeah, uh, and I think you have to build your team uh, knowing that that's gonna that he's gonna hurt you there, uh, if, especially if you're taking him, uh, you know, the pick eighty to one hundred range, uh, which means you're counting on him. But the good thing is that he, today he showed that he has a, a high floor on the other counting stats. Some of those assists were just missed conversions that his teammates should be able to hit uh, once uh, the real game start. So do we think he's like a potentially averaging six or seven assists and? seven or eight rebounds kind of guy? I think he can. Uh, number one, because Charlotte doesn't really have very good rebounders. So mm. I think he might be in one of these situations where he's stealing rebounds from P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, and, you know, and Cody they, Zeller's their best rebounder. He's barely going to play. And that's a good the point as well. The other two guards, neither Rosia nor uh, DVG, as I call him, Devontae Graham, are going to get many boards because they're both very short um, as guards go or as NBA players go pretty much. Um, so he doesn't have competition from any other guards. No, uh, Terry Rozier used to be a pretty good rebounder in Boston, but I, I think he fades as the season, as we get later into the season, I think Lamelo's going to take minutes at, at the expense of Terry Rozier. It'll be kind of, maybe they can have a little bet inside about who's going to have the worst field goal percentage, Devontae Graham or, or uh, Lamelo Ball. No matter who wins, they both lose. Interesting one about Devontae Graham. If you look back for... Um, God, I'm getting a mental blank on the Boston Boston guard, uh, Kemba. I've blocked out Kemba Walker's name completely, I think because of the smoke from yesterday, but also because he's on my do not draft list, so I've just blocked <laughs> his name out. Uh, if you look at Devontae Graham's season last season, it was actually similar to the first two or three seasons in terms of poor field goal percentage um, as Kemba Walker when Kemba was in... Uh, Charlotte, do you think Devontae Graham's ceiling is anything near Kemba, like even in the vicinity? Uh, not not at this range. Uh, like at this spot in his career, he's 25 years old already. Kemba mm. had his uh, field goal percentage woes, but it was mostly because he didn't have that three-point shot. Uh, Devontae Graham is the other way around. Like mm. he, he has a three-point shot earlier in his career. He just can't finish. He doesn't even try to finish. He has like no mm. moves no shots inside the paint to go to. So I think uh, Devontae has a, a fairly limited upside. Okay, well, that's good to know. I, he's on my kind of do not draft list anyway because I'm trying not to get field goal percentage poor teams this season in part because of coronavirus or like players suddenly missing games and stuff. I sort of think if you're not sure about how many games you're going to get from certain people, especially in weeklies, maybe if you target the percentages, that could be a strategy that helps you. Uh, speaking of strategies that help you, what about drafting Chris Boucher? Uh, people have been going a little overboard on it. I'm a, I'm the, I'm one of the biggest fans of Chris Boucher's game. He doesn't need too much. He's sort of like uh, Noel in that respect, where in 18 to 22 minutes he'll give you like startable fantasy value. Uh, and today he proved that. You know, uh, nine points, uh, three blocks in in only 14 minutes. Also five fouls, which that's going to happen but yeah i like chris boucher a lot there are some high upside uh you know late mid-round bigs that i like over him particularly um uh, nerless noel but if you can get boucher i i think you you guarantee good upside on your bench at the very least well speaking of uh players with upside or teams with upside i guess we can look at game two which was the Cavs against the pacers um looking in your notes you said it was a weird debut by Isaac or Isaac Okoru. What makes you say that? Uh, I just 
did not he was not a very polished uh player offensively at auburn uh, and that was like some of his main critiques it's like uh he drew a lot of comparisons to deandre hunter last year uh because they're lockdown defenders who don't necessarily put up defensive stats and whose offensive games are like very raw but he really came through today and he hit the game winning uh shot as well yeah, uh, unfortunately, we don't get extra points for that. Uh, and, and fantasy, <laughs> well, but... actually, actually, it's funny you say that. I play in a 30-team dynasty league where I've got the Mavs, and there are 17 categories. One of the categories is GWBB, which stands for Game Winning Buzzer Beater. Last season in the entire NBA, I think there was six, and Joker had two of them, and I think Bielitsa had two. So if you win a matchup because of that, you can celebrate, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um but I guess, I mean, at least the confidence to be taking that last shot, that's something positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had 32 minutes. He had three steals. Uh, the percentages were, like, great across the board. He shot uh, four threes and made two. These are all, uh, you know, scouts were saying that these were flaws in his game, but it, it, it's good to see him shoot with confidence and being uh, an active part of the, the offensive scheme here. And what about on the Pacers side? Anything of note? It looks like Aaron Holiday did his usual sort of twenty-five minutes higher usage because of uh, only because of injuries. Yeah, the the Pacers. I mean, we talked about this already. That the Pacers uh, before the pod. I mean, that the Pacers ran a pretty regular rotation. They were just missing T.J. Warren, so not much to learn here. Uh, except that Aaron Holiday is like sort of cementing his place in the rotation. Uh, problem is he has a very limited fantasy game, so we're not sure what he can do besides being a, a threes and assist streamer. And uh, Goga Batatse missed this game. Uh, he might uh, His name might pop up uh, during the season as a block streamer as well. So I guess one other very interesting narrative for this season is going to be like the Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis split and whether that remains being that Sabonis is the much more valuable fantasy option unless you're getting Miles Turner for his blocks. Did we see anything today that we can take away regarding that issue? No, I think I think we need to adjust our expectations with Miles Turner and think of him as a top sixty type of player as opposed to the top thirty that he mm. may have been, you know, two years ago off the on the back of those that three point five blocks I think he averaged. So I think he'll be useful. We just can't uh, we just can't think that he's going to overtake DeMontis Sabonis, who's been a very valuable part of this offense and a very good fantasy player in his own right. Yeah, and if you look, so at, I, you look at it yeah. today, it's there again, isn't it? Just basically highlighting what you said. 13 rebounds for Sabonis, only six for Turner, but then no blocks for the Montes and, uh, and Miles Turner had three. Yep, and that's where Miles Turner's value is. I mean, mm. Miles Turner uh, should feel lucky that he got 14 points in 26 minutes here. Uh, mm. I think if we just expect Turner to put up, uh, you know, something close to like 13 with seven rebounds and, and two blocks, that is already a top 50-ish player. So yeah. That's, that's what and you that, want. And I've got him in a couple of drafts. I think maybe just one redraft at around about that spot. I almost took him today, but I think I, I waited and ended up getting Capella at pick 65. Would you prefer Capella or Miles Turner? Uh, I wouldn't like Capella at 65, but between Turner at 65 and Capella at something like 75, I'd take Capella. Mm. 
Uh, I actually, I'm, I'm, Capella's pretty safe. I guess people forget about the, uh, about his production because of the foot injury, but I actually think his value is pretty safe thanks to his rebounding floor. That's what I grabbed him for. Um, and uh, maybe a bit of a reach. I need to go back and have a look exactly. But anyway, uh, what about uh, moving on to Thunder versus Spurs? And this is probably the biggest or one of the biggest stories of the night was um, Theo Maladon. 14 shots, uh, 7 for 14, 2 for 4 from deep, 4 for 4 from the line, had 20 points. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, and this is this is a guy to put on your watch list. Uh, he m- might have already been there, but the Thunder rotation is a mess right now. Like nobody knows uh, who's going to be playing Sargis minutes, who's going to be in there seven, eight. Uh, maybe they even run a, a, a nine, ten man rotation. Uh, so outside of Shea uh, and maybe Al Horford, although he's risky too. Like it's open season for minutes here. And Theo Maladon is uh, one of those. He scored 20 points today. Uh, also, very good percentages and uh, some rebounds, two assists. He should have had more, but his teammates aren't uh, <laughs> the best at converting open layups, I guess. Mm. And then another kind of interesting thing here was Poku. Um, as I, <laughs> He had a huge game, and he looks like a good fantasy player as well. Uh, should I feel good about grabbing him in Dynasty? In Dynasty? Sure. The thing is, like... Uh, People drafted him in Dynasty thinking he was a stash, and here he is, and he may average, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game in his rookie season uh, as a, you know, 190-pound 19-year-old. Mm. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was very willing to shoot the three ball, which is great because it's basically the only thing he can do right now. And uh, he looks like a willing passer and rebounder. So, our, you know, his tape didn't lie about that. The only problem is his passes are kind of... They're wild. Uh, he had he threw a behind the back pass to the to the out of bounds on sideline. He he had a couple of air balls too. So he's uh, he's as raw as advertised, but also a guy to keep on your watch list. What about um, old man squad Al Horford type thing? Did we see anything today to suggest like are the Thunder going to be really bad and that means in March April that maybe Al Horford doesn't play that much or is he still a safe grab uh, for this season if you get him in the, what, 70, 80 range, 90 range? Yeah, well, he didn't play in this game, but what happened in this game actually uh, supports the theory that Horford might be you know, an integral part of this rotation because the only other traditional center that they have there is Mike Muscala. He played 17 minutes. Uh, he's mm. not going to be a big part of the rotation. They have no other player who can play full-time minutes at center. So I think that's those are Horford's minutes to lose. He's yeah. not a thirty mid thirties players in minutes anymore, uh, but he should be able to put up interesting numbers uh, playing off of Shea and you know hitting threes, getting good assists from the center position. He, uh, we must remember that he was never the best rebounder. So keep that in mind when you're drafting him towards the the ninety to hundred range. Got that. You know what, Pedro? One of the things that makes me a better fantasy player now is I have access to the fantasy bars. Here is the thing. Hoopball is already a great website. We all love the content. We love that it exists. But Hoopball needs to keep the lights on, um, needs to keep the electricity and the internet on for all these virtual meetings and things. So for a few weeks every year, just a few weeks, we sell stuff. You probably hear Dan spruiking it over on uh, Fantasy NBA today. I'm going to do a bit of a spruik here. This year... The best deal in all the fantasies here at Hoopball, and it's called the Fantasy Pass. It's just $4.99 a month. 
You get the entire draft guide, the Brewski 150, the honorary Australian of the year, uh, Aaron Brewski, our DFS pass, and an all-in-season all fantasy tool pass as well. That is just nuts. Uh, it's off the charts. Just $4.99 for all that stuff. Cook yourself dinner tonight inside instead of ordering delivery. Uh, have two beers instead of three beers. And just for $4.99, you can get that. Um, you can definitely afford the fantasy pass with a small sacrifice. And think of the money you can win in cash leagues. Head over to hoop-ball.com. Click on the fantasy pass ad just below the main media wall. And some of my mates, if you're listening to this, go over there and knock yourself out. The reason, One of the reasons I dominate you is you, you don't have something like this. So go and grab it, and then you might be able to knock me off in some of the leagues this year instead of me uh, taking them all out. Pedro, back to the next game. Bucks versus Mavs. Bucks, I have one word written down. Uh, the red the red rocket or the uh, my Italian stallion, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's not much to take away from the Bucks game. They played the only five guys that are worth playing, plus Bobby Portis. Uh, and uh, there's not much to learn. Drew, Brooke, Janice, Chris, and Dante put up their usual stats. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is a nice, I mean, I, I don't want to call him a sleeper. He was a top 100 player last year. Uh, so he's a, he's a guy you should be targeting towards the end of the, uh, towards that 80 to 90, maybe 110 range. Uh, and this Bobby Portis game, I mean, it's a preseason. This is where Bobby Portis shines. He's a usage black hole. This is what he does. Seven out of 15 for 14 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, and as usual, nothing else. So don't be fooled into drafting Bobby Portis. Mm. And what about on the Mavs side? Again, look, obviously when we get into season and we're doing box score um, breakdown and reads and stuff, there'll, there'll be more interesting stuff in every game, hopefully. But this game on the Mavs side, not too much interesting. Other than I've got notes here saying, do we learn anything about which backup guard will separate away from the rest? Does Trey Burke have any value? Those kind of types, the new guys. Yeah, well, it was good to see Jalen Brunson healthy. I think if he secures that role, you know, backup one, two guard, uh, playing next to Luca, but but also backing up Luca, he's the one who can offer the most fantasy value. Unfortunately, I just don't think Rick Carlisle is leaning in that direction. Mm. Uh, we saw it with Dion Wright last year. He doesn't always, you know, pick one guy to replace to to back up those guard spots. So it's a, it's a four way battle right now between Brunson, Josh Green, Trey Burke, and, and even Tyrell Terry, uh, if he is able to crack the rotation. So it's, it's sort of a wait and see, cause we know that the two wing positions are, uh, are being taken up by Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway right now. Mm. Game number five was the Grizzlies against the T wolves. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the pod with Scott, my son's first name is D'Angelo. Uh, so I always get a bit excited about the T-Wolves. Uh, how were Towns and Russell? And we need uh, we need better D'Angelo's in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> D'Angelo you can be proud of, you know. Uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell did his thing. Uh, I think there's some rust there uh, between the, t- uh, the, the Timberwolves stars, if you can call them stars, because uh, both Towns and Russell were rusty. They were missing a lot of... Uh, of shots uh and the chemistry just wasn't there and then you got you know ball hogs like anthony edwards and jared colver coming in jacking up shots and 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 missing them so i think there's a there's a bit of a chemistry problem in in minnesota and it's really hard to predict 
who's going to be good aside, aside from Russell and Towns? Because all these other like speculative late round draft targets require usage that may not be there, including mm. the number one overall uh, pick in, in this year's rookie draft, which is uh, Anthony Anthony Edwards. Well, I just have next to his name in 72-point font with seven exclamation marks, bad. <laughs> he was bad. He was pulling up and taking, like, three-point. Uh, three I think his first ever NBA shot was an air ball that went out of bounds. God. Uh, so this is just something. I mean, he may have these weeks where he's scoring 24 points a game. Uh, maybe not the most efficient and he might be useful as a as a point streamer but i just don't i don't, I don't see his role uh in you know starting off in week one especially when you have like malik beasley there who already does some of the things edwards wants to do better than edwards <laughs> does so mm. is that potentially why beasley got the contract that he got Beasley got the contract because they want to surround Towns with uh, with shooting. I think that was the rationale behind the Russell acquisition as well. Uh, I just don't see Malik Beasley succeeding if he gets like you know twenty percent usage uh, or, or less uh, because he really relies on the on those scoring stats. You know, the, mm. the vol- volume scoring. Uh, you know, shooting seven to eight threes a game. He doesn't do much elsewhere on the box score. I do like Beasley as a, a last round flyer because he's simply a better player right now than Edwards, and I think uh, that they'll give him those minutes. Well, what about something more positive, which is the Memphis Grizzlies? There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. We, we both kind of are rooting for DeAnthony Melton to get more. He, he had nine shots, including a step-back corner three today. Mm. DeAnthony Melton looks like a different player. I don't know if he's uh, he's been encouraged by his new contract, but... Uh, he was a lot more active and, and aggressive on the offensive side today, including that step back corner three, which wasn't really advisable, but uh, he looked really impressive shooting it, even though he missed it. And on the rest of the stuff with the Grizzlies, I guess they're trying to find some shooting, aren't they, with Triple J out? So Bain, Conchar, Grayson Allen, Kyle Anderson, any of those guys going to help out and maybe stop Dylan Brooks from, you know, stinking up the joint with 15 shots and terrible percentages. Yeah, well, it looks like the Memphis uh, front office has realized that Dylan Brooks is sort of toxic to, to mm. the, the type of game that they're trying to play. Uh, like, he takes the ball away from Ja. He takes the, the ball away from Valanchunas, from better offensive players. And he's not necessarily a knockdown shooter, uh, even though he believes himself to be so i think the drafting of desmond bain re-signing d'anthony melton even though melton has his own shooting woes and the the giving guys like grayson allen a chance is really just trying to find that shooting or or at the very least um good good offense or offensive production from the second unit uh so we're rooting for one of those to separate themselves deandre uh d'anthony melton desmond bain uh, those types. Uh, I would mention Grayson Allen, but I'm not a fan of his uh, either. Uh, the good thing is that both Melton and Bain today were very aggressive on offense and looked to be securing a regular role in the rotation. Are any of those worth taking flyers on for people still drafting? Well, Melton, even if he doesn't really truly break out this season, and I, I think he's still uh, a ways away, they're going to play him for his defense. And that means that you can count on Melton giving you 
you know, 1.4, 1.5 steals with some assists and rebounds and some very low scoring in, in the same role that he had last year, something like 22 to 24 minutes. So, yeah, DeAnthony Melton is definitely worth a last-round flyer. Uh, and he's safer than most last-round flyers because you know you can play him for, for steals. Yeah, beautiful. Game six, another narrative, I guess, important for this season is uh, what's going to happen with the Golden State Warriors. They played against the Nuggets. I don't have any notes here for the Warriors. I've got Nuggets stuff. Possibly one of the most exciting things today was Campazzo. He had, did he have 26 minutes? He played more than Monty Morris. Uh, looks like they're going with these three-guard lineups with Michael Porter Jr. involved. He was passing it up out there looking um, the bee's knees. Yeah, uh, and this is a player that Mike Malone had been talking up for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know he, you know, you can't really trust coach speak, but in this case, he really is. It looks like he's going to give Facundo Campazzo a chance. Mind you, this is the same Mike Malone who said PJ Dozier is the MVP of Nuggets camp. So, uh, like, <laughs> you gotta you gotta pick which of his uh, comments uh, to trust. But it's looking like they're gonna run three guard lineups with uh, Facundo Campazzo, Monte Morris, and then either Gary Harris or Jamal Murray uh, as a second unit. And uh, and yeah, Campazzo can easily become a, uh, an assist streamer uh, in even in twelve team leagues. And excellent, excellent. Well, we've sort of been pushing things a bit for time-wise today. Is there anything on the Warriors' side, or can we skip over the Warriors and talk about the Suns very briefly? For the Warriors, we've already basically covered it, uh, and they were missing Draymond Green today. We, there's not a lot to learn from this. Uh, just keep an eye on their center rotation when Wiseman actually plays, because uh, that position might be valuable for fantasy. Interesting. And the Utah Jazz against the Phoenix Suns, uh, regular rotations for both, although there was no Conley, no CP3, um, and Saric wasn't playing either. Anything we can learn from that game? Uh, the good thing uh, about the Suns' side is that CP3 missed this game, and they just immediately inserted Cameron, Pray- uh, Cameron Payne as a starting point guard. Uh, he was not very good. But he can rack up stats, and he could be a useful assist and steal streamer. So keep Cap- Cameron Payne on your watch list, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, on on the Jazz side, uh, this this lo- this rotation is basically set in stone. There's not a lot that changes. It's good to see Bohan Bogdanovic uh, uh, healthy, and he's a guy to keep in mind uh, after the 100s if you want to. Uh, boost your feel, uh, free throw percentage because it's really hard to improve free throw percentage after the, the first five, six rounds, as you very well know. Aaron. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I also know very well is that uh, mybookie.ag is a good place for you to do some gambling responsibly. Of course, you know, you create your monthly budget or work out what you can afford to bet, and mybookie.ag is a good place to do it if you do enjoy a flutter as we say in Australia. I hope you guys feasted on the My Bookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet of up to $250. That was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. Dan's been doing lots of um, promos that, uh, with My Bookie AG that are pretty much free money initially, so get into that. Um, if you didn't get in on that one, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where the odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who those teams are, we know what they're capable of, and it's not too difficult to find some value in the lines. 
Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Uh, the best part about MyBookie is the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. How good is that? Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do so, use the promo code, and this is code, and this is very important, HOOPBALL, capital H, double O-P-B-A-L-L, to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's a winning season at MyBookie, so come in, join the fun, and win a bit of cash. Now, speaking of winning cash, I play in some uh, low-stakes cash leagues and a couple of, I don't know, moderately high-stakes cash leagues. Won a bit of money in the MLB. Let's wrap it up by talking about the craziest box scores from the bubble or the box score guys. Who are guys, if I'm still drafting, Nurk, Basley, Tommy Bryant, Derek White, Troy Brown. Rank these five most exciting to least exciting and tell me why to wrap us up today, Pedro. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is the most exciting by a country mile, uh, I would say. And I think his, AD, his ADP reflects it. So you're getting a, uh, a center who can do a little bit of everything, and now he's even adding threes. So if he can maintain a, a semi-efficient field goal percentage and not get injured, then I think a top 10 season is well within range. The second one, I think I would put Derek White in there. Um, I'm just really excited about Derek White as a point guard that doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Uh, we saw that in the bubble when he took over as the number one offensive option in the Spurs, and I think the Spurs are finally ready to commit to him. Uh, if you ask me, uh, a year too late, but at least it's happening. Uh, third, I would put Tommy Bryant. I'm less confident in, in this because we saw his minutes limited. He had uh, a stress reaction on, in his leg. Uh, we know that those can be recurring issues, so they could always come back. And they signed Robin Lopez, promising him, him more playing time. Uh, the other thing is that um, Russell Westbrook is notorious for stealing rebounds from his starting centers. So draft Tommy Bryant. Uh, feel good because his ADP is really low, but uh, I wouldn't be super confident that he becomes a, a 30 plus minute uh, per night guy. And the other two, Baisley is already, I think the industry has caught up to Baisley. Baisley is a, uh, a draft pick that you could get uh, in the 140s, but now you're going to have to reach into the 110s to, to, to take them. Um, there's nobody else to take these shots in, in OKC. And Baisley already put up some pretty good numbers in the bubble and has shown that he can be a big guy who, who rebounds pretty well, but also shoots threes and provides some defensive stats. And Troy Brown is a flyer nothing else if you uh are interested in the types of players like uh say karis lavert don't draft karis lavert draft troy brown three or four rounds later instead mm. yes i think i grabbed karis lavert but in the, the place that i grabbed him and we might have talked about this it was late enough that i think it was still pretty good value there uh but that's a good point i got troy brown today second last round of a draft that i was doing um with some of my good buddies who are listening to this show shout out to all of you guys from the uh, blooming idiots leagues. Uh, if you've listened to Pedro today, hopefully it'll make you less of a blooming idiot. Although, don't get too much right when you're playing against me. Pedro, thank you very much for joining us. Do you want to mention your Twitter handle again for us? So my Twitter handle is 
at literal, not literal, littoral, as in shore, underscore represent with no vowels. It's kind of <laughs> like a little puzzle. If you want to, if you want to follow me, you really have to like follow all the clues. Well, uh, but you'll see me uh, on the show every now and then, and I'll uh, I'll shorten my handle at some point. You are a gentleman and a scholar, Pedro Doreste. It's been fantastic speaking with you. I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and that is my handle on Twitter, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Um, cranking up Twitter now. I haven't been much of a Twitter guy in the past, but we're going to um, set that on fire as well. Not like my house was almost on fire yesterday, so there you go. And I am in Sydney. Thankfully, we haven't had any bushfires this season, so hopefully they stay away. Guys, it's been really fun having you listening today. Hopefully, it's been fun for you too. And um, we look forward to more on, on the HoopBall platform with the box score breakdown. I will be back tomorrow with the one and the only Brandon Marcus. And we'll be diving into more box scores and talking about uh, his expertise as well in fantasy. Thank you very much, everybody. And good luck with your drafts. Bye for now. This has been a HoopBall presentation.